Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this week's episode, it's a solo episode, and I'm addressing the three most common mistakes, or at least three of the most common mistakes, that I see sales professionals make when they're trying to do good things and achieve results. Those three things we're gonna talk about are techniques that we use to get in the door that might actually undermine rather than help our pursuits, focusing on what we're selling instead of focusing on what the client needs, and then asking about budget and talking about and having discussions about budget. So first, let's talk about this idea of different techniques to get in the door. And there are many people who teach a number of different approaches on how you can get in the door. And very often what people will say is, well, gee, um, can I speak to Ian? Um, he'll, he'll be expecting my phone call. Or they'll get the receptionist and say, oh yeah, he's a buddy of mine. Or some other disingenuous approach that isn't actually honest. And what I want you to consider is this. If at the first interaction you're already lying to them, you have nothing but an uphill battle going forward in terms of earning their trust so that they are comfortable doing business with you. Which means that those first steps to get in the door may actually backfire. Because at some point, your prospect is going to think to themselves, well, I wonder what else they're lying to me about. Because I'm sure that wasn't the only thing. Now, in today's world of voicemail, it might be that you're leaving a message that says, oh, hey, I just want to follow up on the discussion we had, but you didn't really have one, and they're just trying to be courteous, and they call back. I've heard of people pretending to be a customer, only to then say, oh, yeah, I'm actually trying to sell you something. And these are all disingenuous tactics. Like, sometimes we get cold calls at home, and someone says, oh, can I speak to, uh, to Miss Smith? And you're like, well, I've, you have the wrong number. Oh, maybe you can help me. Well, no, because... I know it's now some devious tactic. Once you're gonna be dishonest with me, I have no reason to talk to you again. So when it comes to getting in the door, we wanna make sure that we're not being deceitful, that we're not lying, that instead, we're using our connections on LinkedIn, we're using our networks to get warm introductions. Now, this is a perfect segue to the second point of this, which is focusing on what you're selling instead of focusing on what problems you solve for your customer. See, at no point is your ideal prospect sitting there thinking to themselves, wow, I'd like to buy something just like what you have to sell. But I Googled it, nothing came up. There was nothing in the universe that was a match for that. So I'll just have to sit here and wait for someone to call and talk to me about their product or service. Instead, they're facing their own challenges, which if you can help them overcome those challenges, you'll be a tremendous asset to them and someone who they'll welcome meeting with. So what you need to do is come up with two or three examples of the types of problems that you solve for your ideal prospect or customer. So if you sell, for example, accounting services, you can't just say, well, do they need an accountant? But you could say, for example, Gee, my clients are entrepreneurs who are sick of being surprised with checks they have to write to the government and taxes because their current advisor isn't giving them enough proactive information so they can plan for these things. Instead, they get surprised in the 11th hour. Or it's somebody who is trying to make sure that 
they better understand where their expenses are so they can make their businesses more profitable, but they're not getting the information time to make decisions today. Those are the types of symptoms that you can then explain to people when you walk in, you can use the model that we use in same-side selling, which we refer to as the same-side pitch. So you can refer to entice, disarm, and discover. So in that step of entice, disarm, and discover, the idea is first we entice by sharing problems that we solve with dramatic or extraordinary results. Then we disarm the notion that we're just there to sell something by acknowledging that not everybody is a good fit for how we approach that. And then we trigger a discovery phase to learn more about their situation to see if we can help. So in my business, it might sound something like this. My clients come to me when they're sick and tired of every discussion with a prospect being about price instead of value. They have long sales cycles and they don't understand when they're going to end. And they have all these non-sales people in the organization. And if they can make those people just a little bit better at having conversations with clients, they could build a culture of sales that would really grow their business. For the right organizations, they tell us that we deliver amazing results to shorten their sales cycles, shift the focus from price to value, and actually engage those non-sales people to help meet their targets. Here comes the disarm part. But the way I approach that isn't the right fit for every organization. So I don't yet know if we can help you, now here's the discovery part, but if addressing that issue is important to you, I'm happy to learn more to see if we might be able to help. See, taking that approach gives us a way to entice their interests with the problems we solve instead of talking about what it is that we do, we're talking about the things that might matter to them. The third big mistake that I see people make is an immediate shift of any conversation towards budget, meaning they already have an existing vendor. And so the first question you ask is, well, how much are you paying them? And then what often happens, you follow it with, once they give you a number, oh, maybe I can fill in the blank. You probably said, beat that, save you some money. And what I've just done in that moment, not even consciously, is I've shifted their thinking so that all that matters now is price. And then we're surprised when the client applies pricing pressure in the end. And this may be something that's a skills issue inside your organization. In fact, speaking of skills, the ideal rock star candidate you're looking for in your sales or sales leadership position isn't looking for a job right now. They're totally content working for somebody else. That's where the people at Peak Sales Recruiting come in. They've mastered an approach to help those amazing candidates realize they'd be better off working for you than for somebody else. And that's not all. They've generously created this sales interview guide that you can get totally for free. So to learn more about them and to get your copy of the sales interview guide, visit peaksalesrecruiting.com Ian and see if they can help. So when you start asking that question about budget, and now you're asking them, well, so gee, maybe I can save you some money. How much are you spending now? We've shifted that discussion so that it's all about price. What if instead I just said to them, so you're working with somebody else right now? Yeah, okay. So it, we always like to get a sense of what other people are doing that maybe we're not doing, but we should be doing. Can you tell me some of the things you like about that vendor? And they'll probably share some of those and you wanna really draw those out. 
And then you say, if you could change one or two things about them, what would those be? And now we get those issues. And then you get to say, huh, is the potential of solving those issues that you know the current provider can't address, is that worth a discussion about how we might be able to help? See, now what I'm doing is I'm focusing the conversation around results, not focusing just around price. And I could even say, well, my guess is that if we don't address those issues, it probably doesn't matter what we charge, it's probably not worth it, right? And once they say yes, what they've in essence acknowledged is that whatever they're paying their current vendor isn't worth it because they're not getting the results that they need. So remember, there's three key mistakes that people make that hopefully you can avoid. First, you don't want to lie to get in the door because then they never know when you're going to lie again. So everything's got to be integrity-based. We want to focus on the problems we solve, not what we're selling, because no one cares about what you're selling if it doesn't address a problem for them. And then the last thing we should be doing is shifting the conversation to price instead of value. So by asking the right questions about their past experience and focusing on the results, we can help them see that results matter more than just budget and price. So hopefully this gives you some guidance and things you can apply in your business right away. If there are other topics you'd like me to cover, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer.